0: Hello, welcome to episode two thirty four, where we will be covering Forestaway. Uh, I'm joined by Adam and Craig. Uh, Robin is in Lapland today, personally on his own. He's going just on his own, just to meet yeah, Santa himself. Just
1: absolutely uh, bloody loves Santa. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so he, he will be out this weekend. Uh, but you've got the usual trio here. Uh, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, guys. How was your How was your very short week? Compared to us idiots in England who don't celebrate a holiday in November.
1: It's weird, isn't it, Craig? Like the um it's good because you sort of get, um, if you're into American football, you get NFLs, all this all kind of it's nice, but the the food is still a little bit weird. And then here they're not so obsessed with turkey at Christmas. They normally it's normally something else, like you cook something different. I'm still staunchly turkey means christmas so uh, it's all a bit confusing yeah yeah i'm still getting used to it i think i've had what
2: four now so uh yeah it's uh the whole marshmallow mashed potato thing is still a bit dodgy to me um yeah you can you can google that if you like let's not, not talk about green bean casseroles and everything right now
1: i i actually quite like green bean casserole mm, I, have any. i actually quite like i it. do to be fair yeah yeah that was yeah, a bad I'm example all about that. I, I take that back the mashed yeah. potatoes are a good feature, I think. I know you can't beat a, a, a well done roast potato, but um, I feel like they do mashed potatoes here where they're sort of ninety five percent butter, and that's that's my game right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've never heard of this mashed
2: potato in marshmallow. I could,
0: just,
2: like, I, could, I could just be making nonsense up, but it's, uh, a, yeah.
1: it's normally like sweet potato or yams with with the crap on the top isn't it
2: um, mm, yeah yeah google's yeah. google's your friend there but yeah yeah it's nice. It, it's nice to have basically what is a half week as well when you just you finish wednesday afternoon and it's like right cool um you, you have basically four and a half days to do nothing. people
1: stop caring around tuesday
2: yeah and now afternoon and now everyone's in full Christmas mode over here. So like all the all the decks have gone up this weekend, and now everyone's not gonna work as well because it's too close to Christmas. So uh, I've refused but, a tree. I've
1: refused to buy a tree. I mean, uh, <laughs> my just, wife's already put their songs on and I'm not I'm not having it. December 1st, you can have a <laughs> yeah, tree. I was about it. to
2: say, you you strike me as a first of December guy. So.
1: Uh, yeah, I am, it, I, I am also a
2: first of December guy.
1: <laughs> if I had Once my it way, it'd be twenty twenty-fourth to twenty-sixth.
0: <laughs> I, like I may as well be dressed as I may as well just be like Santa at Lapland come December first until December twenty fifth. You know just you, all in. Yeah, like, you, you bottle it
2: all up until the first, yeah, yeah,
0: sense. and then it's just yeah. an explosion of red and green Christmas nonsense for like twenty five days. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, we um, we have we have a bit of Hanukkah to celebrate as well, which is a lot earlier this year. So uh, yeah, it, it all starts a little bit earlier. And, and then you've you've got that eight nights, and then you've got the you've got the the Christmas day as well. So. It tends to start a little bit earlier for us. Love that, really though, genuine. It's not. It's um,
1: less less. I feel like we're going to be focused on red and green. With Brighton <coughs> now, I feel like it's it's going to be more red cross for December <laughs> with the amount of <laughs> bloody injuries that we have. Uh, it's unbelievable. And yeah, red cards for that matter.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've got two banned now. Um, and I will say, speaking of red, uh, Garnacho. If you haven't seen it, has just scored one of the most disgusting goals you'll see in the Premier League this year. Um, I just got sent a clip of it by a United sporting friend, and I would urge anybody listening to this live to just go find the clip of Gonácho's goal. Oh, is it a
1: Ro- Rooney? Yeah, Pes- uh, Pes- Pes- Rooney version.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's Rooney upgraded because he actually hits foot. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> um. yeah, that's silly
0: it's absolutely nasty isn't
1: it yeah oh yeah that's pretty decent i heard elise's was quite good as well uh i haven't seen was, that yet but i heard it that was, was a good. banger it was but a very
2: good goal standard elise goal he's I, he's annoyingly good isn't
1: he it's good news it's palace <laughs> is crap apart from him so it's yeah. fine <laughs>
2: yeah
0: um i'm trying to think of uh i'm trying to get a uh, invite link to the discord so uh we've got a new di- we've got the discord we've made it all really fancy looking um if anybody is not in the discord yet head over to it i'll put the link on uh twitter again it's in our link tree. but just come on in to the discord have a little chat they're all in there now talking about Gonçalo's absolute wonder strike uh so they're very welcoming usually when they're not having meltdowns uh but yeah it's really good so we got a lot of people in the chat already um we've got lucas in here excited for this one lots to talk about four hours ago well i hope you're here now lucas because <laughs> uh, i thought i should be gutted uh lewis uh when is this coming out it's coming out now uh three hours after you posted that um james elliott uh great result and performance that was um we would have been battered ideally we would be battering teams in forest's current category but a great battle in performance One the wants the 3 one and gone by the wayside uh yeah like we'll get to that but like I would argue we kind of were battering them from the minute we went 1-0 down to the minute the red card happened. I don't think it was, we did, like, we're picking them apart. Um, but we do seem very vulnerable these days right after we score a goal. These days, James, it's been several months we've been, we've been looking that vulnerable <laughs>
1: for
0: a goal. Uh, Murph's in just before the American football. Why do you think we're recording now, Murph? Uh, with, we've got one eye on the six
2: o'clock kickoffs as well. So don't worry. You
1: watch that. the Grand Prix, you do the podcast and then you've got the, the NFL coming on. That's this doesn't happen by accident. It's like we've done it before, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So uh, let's talk uh, what we've got coming up. So let's cover uh, forest today, Athens as well. Uh, and inevitably um, we will be talking about everyone's favorite situation right now. And it is the, basically the hospital wing of Brighton and O'Balby and the amount of injuries we've got. Um, but early days, uh, let's just give this a call out as well. Um, for the 23-24 season, Together BHA is sponsored by Green King Sport, uh, where football is more than a game. Uh, Green King Sport's venues are showing every televised fixture over the course of the season, including all of Brighton's. Uh, so instead of tuning, to, tuning into the internet for a dodgy stream, Get your mates together and get down to the local Green King pub and get closer to the action uh, this season green King have launched the green King sport Instagram page which we've been plugging pretty much every week for two months so I really hope you're following by now uh, it's the home to fan content deals and competitions throughout the season and they've already given away Champions League final tickets uh, and signed shirts so you don't want to miss out especially if we're on route to Dublin you'll feel like a right mug uh, drop them a follow on Instagram uh, and you won't just be the first to know about all this you'll be helping out together bha as well uh, keep an eye out close Closer to Christmas uh, because there may be a little special Green King podcast special against Palace as well, Um, so keep an eye out for that. On to Forest, Um, I'm going to try and keep the conversation as far away from Anthony Taylor for as long as possible, for as long, aka for as long as Adam allows me to. Um, so, So let's let's start with the with the starting lineup yesterday. Um, We had somewhat a semblance of a real football team out there, despite the injuries yesterday, which I think was a shock to everybody with the inclusion of Tarek Lamptey. So Ferguson up top, uh, Lalana in behind him, Adinger and Fatih, Gross and Gilmore in that holding midfield role. Deltman at right back, Van Hecker and Dunk at the back, Verbruggen in goal, and of course Tarek Lamptey uh, at left back. What were we thinking with that team? Obviously, with the bench looking very thin, uh, of course, with several players that have, I'm not sure have ever been on there more than once or twice, with Duffus, Jackson, and Baker, Boite, Boite, I don't know. Uh, and obviously, Hinchelwood as well who has a couple of stints in the team. Um, what were we thinking when we were looking at that starting lineup, that bench, and a post-international break with, I think you said, Adam, three games, like a game every three days on average between now and the end of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, God, if you if you look at the fixture list, uh so obviously we, we play Athens this coming Thursday, you have less than 72 hours then until Chelsea, set less than 72 or 72 hours until Brentford, 72 hours <laughs> until Burnley. It's just pain, absolute pain. Um, but the actual the lineup that we managed for um for this game, I was sh- I was actually pleasantly surprised. I thought it looked far better than what we I expected us to be able to put out based on based on the number of injuries that we had. Um, the bench was a little bit questionable, um, and I think we saw that through misfortune throughout the game, um, whereby we basically had to trot out um, people in positions maybe they otherwise wouldn't have played in. And then you look at the remainder. The only subs that weren't used yesterday were were Steele, Ben Jackson. Joshua Duffus and Benicio Boate, as you mentioned, um yeah. Uh, so that's that. But the actual starting lineup looked good. What the next starting lineup is gonna look like <laughs> it's gonna be another matter. <laughs> you doing, Craig?
2: Yeah, it was as you know, as good as you can possibly put out, right? Um so it was it was nice to see Lamptey back or we'll come on to that, but I think when, when you're looking at the team straight away, you go, actually this is not half bad. And then you start looking at, okay, we've got Pedro on the bench, you've got Modo on the bench, Beliba. you've got Buonanotte. You know, there's there's still a couple of subs that you can make there. Um, unfortunately, we had to make them very early. But, yeah, starting 11, you think, okay, let's, let's make a good start here and, uh, and maybe we can go and win this game.
0: Yeah. Um, and for the first, what, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, uh, it didn't look so good. Um, we basically had all the ball. Not much penetration, uh, followed by, not sure who it was who got the ball back. I think it was Danilo, Danilo uh, who then just popped it up. And Alanga, I think it was, back post, um, all on his own. Dunk and Veltman both going to Chris Wood, who I can understand wanting to get a hold of Chris Wood and not letting him get to you. It
1: was Van Hecker and Veltman. Dunk was just standing on his own doing nothing.
0: Even better, even yeah. better. Uh, So we had two players on one uh, and the other one just hanging around, really, not really doing much. Uh, And Anthony Alanga, Manchester United reject, uh, was there to pop it into the back of the net as easy as it gets. Not really much Verbrug could do about that. There was an awful lot, just about every member of the back four in half the midfield could have done prior. uh, And everyone seemingly elected not to. Um, And from then on, obviously until the goal, which we didn't know was coming but. At the time, uh, for the next 20 or so minutes, it gave that familiar feel, didn't it, of uh, Brighton 1-0 down, low block counter attacks, inevitable 2-0 loss with a break.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's talk about this first goal because it was a disaster. Um, and I keep wanting to talk about, well, I don't want to talk about this, but we keep having to talk about the fact, I don't know what the mental problem is with this team and starting games um, and I don't know whether now opposition managers are starting to push their team to capitalize on the fact that we can't seem to get out of the traps um, because we consistently I don't have the specific data in front of me. I feel like I looked this up a couple of weeks back, but we consistently concede in the first 20 minutes of games. It feels like almost every game at this particular point and not to go over this point that we've made in the past, but the whole Design of Deserbi's tactics is to maintain control of the game, maintain control of possession, and have the team basically come onto you and then create a situation where you can capitalize on that. When you go a goal down, you have to change the way that the game is played. Now, fortunately, we've been good enough in games like this, we've been able to do that, but that's not the design. This is not the system by design. So the goal, I think, originally, it was a crappy pass from Dunk, who was pushed pretty high up. Side note, I think we would probably go on to say this is one of Dunk's <laughs> worst games in memory for various reasons. Um, so Dunk gives the ball away. You've then got guys tracking back. lampty's further up than Ansu Fati. Ansu Fati is currently tracking back on behalf of, of, of Tarrant Lamptey. Pascal Gross is the furthest back, trying to cover on the wing. You The pace difference... <laughs> there with pascal gross and that uh, was it was gibbs white right was was not not close and as you say marking was awful no one did themselves sufficient justice in here dunk standing completely on his own blocking no one a langer open as you say two people veltman and van hecker marking chris wood for obvious reasons um but and then you're two, two and a half minutes into the game you're you're a goal down away at forest which is not an easy place to go to they very rarely drop all the points at their own at their own stadium um and as you say thankfully after that we started maintaining possession but you kind of thought is this going to be one of these ones where you just never put the ball in the net
2: yeah it's just sloppy right it just seemed to sort of sleepwalk into games and i'd be interested to see just what the stats are compared to last year because it seems like it's happening an awful lot more this year than it is last um but like you said it just completely upsets the apple cart and what we even want to do in the first place so you, you're on to plan b or plan c after what three minutes and it's like great and, and so josh said we we've been there before and we've 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 read this script um and you said it, it was just it then it's a case of okay let's half and puff and just hope that we can make our way through um and you know it it doesn't make for for good watching <laughs> but for, for yesterday, at least, or for the Forest game, um, we're able to make that breakthrough after 20 or so minutes. But yeah, we, on occasion, we've seen us huff and puff for three hours and we wouldn't be able to score a goal. Um, but luckily, uh, we have this 19-year-old up front that seems to be all right. Yeah, he's
0: not bad, is he? Um, and I will say, for that, for that 20 or so minutes while we did huff and puff, it did look like we were going to get something sooner than later. It looked like Forest were quite fragile, um, and I think, I can't remember which one of you it just was who said it, but they hadn't lost at the City ground this season yet, before yesterday. Yeah, uh, One, two, drawn, far, drawn three. Um, and that was really the only reason that they are where they are in the league. If they weren't, then they'd be in a bit more trouble. And I think the pressure's rising on Cooper after yesterday, um, it looks like, online. But yeah, I, and one of the main focal points, really, I thought, who looked very good in that first 20 or so minutes was Ansu Fati out on the left. Um, he looked like he was causing them all sorts of problems. So, uh, of course, being Brighton and Over-Albion, uh slash Brighton Hospital, uh, he decides to go down uh, with barely any contact. Don't even think there was any contact uh, for his injury. Um, goes down on 21 minutes um, and is substituted off for Jao Pedro, um, adding himself to the very long list of injured players now for Brighton and Over-Albion. Um That's going to be a problem Going forward, isn't it? Uh, we now basically have one, maybe two options for different attacking lineups. Now, uh, outside of that, we're basically stuck on on what we want to see uprun consistently, isn't it?
2: It's tough. <laughs> yeah, come on, Greg. Yeah, no, it's it's you know we, we can talk about that list, um, but it's it's the innocuous ones where there's there's no contact that tend to be the worst injuries as well. So. Um, Let's hope it's just a, a muscle strain, and we didn't want to risk it. But you know, <laughs> we're we're now in the game of risking it because otherwise, you're putting Ben Jackson and D- Josh Dushovas on, who we've we've never seen before. So, it yeah, it it, it grows and grows. Um, I agree. I think he was probably our most dangerous player um, up until that point. Um, but yeah, you, you've got Cao Pedro to come on instead, which we'll talk about. But. Just more and more and I think to your point every 72 hours you're playing 90 minutes of football right this, this <laughs> diminishing set of players um, means that you know, our expectations have to be drastically reduced because you know you, you can't keep up a level of performance when you're losing one to two players at the moment per game due to due to injuries it's, it's really not good.
1: The, the, I mean, when we look at this sort of injury list, I know we'll probably go into it in a lot more detail. But um, I guess we didn't expect Adam Webster to have a knock um, either. He wasn't really added to the to the injury list until quite late. You hope he's recovered to put it, you know, come in for Dunk. The only benefit that you get from Dunk having a red card in yesterday is that he can still play against uh, Ike. He can still play against Athens um, because that that ban won't carry over to European football. So hopefully Adam Webster is good to go um by next uh Sunday, right? When, when we when we play Chelsea. If not, it's gonna get a little bit tricky. Um up front though, I mean if you if every cloud has a silver lining and all that, if João Pedro doesn't come into this game, who knows how this game plays out? Um, because yes, Ansiu Fati looked good. João Pedro looked better. <laughs> um, and for me, it's getting to a point where I don't really want to see João Pedro on the bench. Um, I know it's easy to say that after this game, but time and time again, he he's, the way he's able to hold up the play and the way he's able to hold off other players because of the strength he has um, and then go round one or two people is 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 massive. Obviously, the header we can talk about, the fact that he's our go-to penalty taker, still hasn't missed a penalty, 100% record for Brighton, I think five and five. Um, hes He's got a play for me and the fact is he was on the pitch with Evan, This is one of the first times I feel like we've really seen Evan Ferguson and Jao Pedro work fully. Um, More of that, more of that, please. We don't have a choice to not see that now. <laughs> yeah,
0: that is like, I felt like that was like the monkey's paw curling. Like, I feel like for the last three weeks, I've just said, like, I want to see Jao Pedro start every game for the foreseeable. Like, alongside Mitoma and Dunk, if there's starters every week, like, I want him in it. And it felt like... It was like, all right, fine. Like, we're finally going to give you what you want and we're going to take Fatty's soul and <laughs> trade and just take him away. Um, but shortly afterwards, uh, we continued to to press, continued to huff and puff, uh, and it came to fruition. Um, a beautiful uh, bit of link-up play beforehand, though, that led to a Billy Gilmore shot um, really showed that Forrest were up there for the taking in. Barely a couple of minutes later, we we pulled off the same sort of really free flowing move that ended up falling to Evan Ferguson, uh, a player you probably want in that position a bit more than Billy Gilmore. God bless his soul. Um, and even Alan Shearer, you could see the the admiration in his on his face in his voice last night on match of the day, like he really likes him. Uh, and the the casualness and the precision and the power that he made to just pop that into the back of the net with what looked like a casual kind of side-footed pass from the 18-yard area. Um, This is not his first time he's done this either, is it? Uh, And it's not something that we're probably going to see rarely. It seems like he's very comfortable doing this. Just unbelievable,
2: wasn't it? He's a great striker, isn't he? It's just, I think he's able to score from pretty much anywhere, and that's what makes him so dangerous. Uh, So... Yeah, just no backlift, just straight into the bottom corner, just gives a goalkeeper no chance. Um, and all of a sudden it's 1-1 and you go, right, OK, we've got the fruits of our last 20 minutes and, and now we need to kick on. But he's such a good player. He's just, um, and obviously with the new contract as well, hopefully he's here for a little bit longer than than probably we think. Um, but. You know, what is that? Six goals in the Premier League at the moment. You know, I know he scored three in one game, but you know, you're on six after you know just over a third of a
1: season. I guess he's on track, right? Uh, um, this maybe isn't a particularly bold prediction, but I, I think you're you're looking at the next player that is going to be the, the the British transfer record as and when that does happen. Um, right, currently currently held by um or well, for what's Enzo Fernandez, right? Hundred whatever, hundred seven million quid. Um. Yeah, he's he he is it already. He is it already. I feel like every game where he scores, we say this about Evan Ferguson. The games where he doesn't score, I feel like we just don't give him any service, and he gets completely bottled up in the middle. Um, that that finish is just ridiculous. But also, don't let's not forget about the the play leading up to it as well, right? We talked about the the, the bit beforehand, but it's a really nice um gross pass that cut through. Adam Lalana sort of did a bit of a step over it, and then you know led to that Ferguson finish Adam Lallana is sort of the dummy step over king he's done that a couple of times already this season um to create goals very very he's such a smart footballer I know he's not he's not the first player you want to see on the team sheet anymore he's not doesn't have the legs or whatever but he's very very intelligent football player and I, I do enjoy watching him play but yeah I mean Ferguson's just he's the guy he's the guy
0: yeah it was it was outrageous um and from then on you know the pressure continued to tell up until we went 3-1 up uh like for example like once once the red card was given uh we dominated the ball dominated just about everything really uh on the stat sheet um barring shots weirdly enough um but they weren't exactly quality ones from Forrest uh when you when you look at the xg and all that good stuff prior to, to the red card, things get a little bit more dicey post-red post, post red card. Um, but yeah, it was it was a superb strike and we kind of just carried on, uh, which is also rare for Brighton, right? We talk about how dangerous we are at conceding after scoring and it looked like almost from kickoff, we were going to score again. Um, unfortunately, uh, about 10 minutes after the goal, uh, Tarek Lamptey goes down. Really, I didn't see a great deal of contact in the ground. Not sure about you guys on any replays. Um, But Tarot Lamptey goes down and is immediately subbed off. I feel like there was the bare minimum of treatment. He was just hooked straight off uh, for Jack Hinchelwood, who came on and was asked to play left back. Uh, And for the next 10 minutes, uh, prior to half time, looked like a fish out of water. Um, Looked a lot better in the second half when he had kind of had a chance to gather himself, but was a Obvious, pr- pretty obvious weak point for the rest of the game, and understandably so. Um, but yeah, there goes another one added to the list. Tariq Lamptey uh, on thirty-five minutes, um, but it didn't didn't hold us back uh, because João Pedro again uh, steps up in crunch time, uh, playing on the left wing. At this point, he's played right wing and centre mid uh, centre forward for Watford for a long, long, long time. No one ever thought of sticking him out on the left. He goes, hold my beer. I'm just going to score an absolute belter of a header out of nowhere. If you ever go back and watch that, for people listening, I'm sure Adam's probably watching it right now. Watch when Jao Pedro starts his run. That guy is miles out of the box when that ball's starting to be hit by Pascal Gross. And he it's just unbelievable. Like, what a goal, what a header, what a ball from Pascal Gross. Again, two more assists for Pascal Gross yesterday. What a superb goal to cut! Like it's it's almost De Bruyne esque in that like you you can't defend that if someone's coming in in the right way.
2: Yeah, and yeah, we can we can have a whole podcast episode dedicated to Pascal Gross. I'm sure we will in the future. But uh, yeah, two more assists. That's just that's what he does. You you come to expect that from him, and he's so good. Um, but I think Adam, you're right when you said earlier. Like we we don't score that goal if Fatty's playing instead of João Pedro, right? So you know those, those sort of runs and. I guess his sort of stature and his ability to get into that box and and do what he does. Um, I agree with both of you. I think he should also be one of the first names on the team sheet if he's available. Um, he's clearly the number one penalty taker. You want him to be on for as long uh, and as many minutes as you possibly can. Um, and it's a fantastic header, right? Like it's just really good. Um, and then all of a sudden you you're going into half time two one up. Like just. It, it's a little bit weird how we can turn it around in 45 minutes when we're so used to, you know, saying that we can't hit a barn door with a banjo. So uh, yeah, it's a, a nice little end to the half. And then you go in and you, you, you reset. Right. But a, a good showing apart from the first five minutes, which is, you know, very familiar.
1: Yeah. Um, I, he's that, that ability for us to put the ball in, not only just because, Jao Pedro's heading ability, you know, talking about the idea that Fatty wouldn't do that. Also, the fact that they were all marking Evan Ferguson, similar way in which we were all drawn into Mark Chriswood. He's gone and done the Ilanga, Um, and no one's like marking the Jao Pedro run coming in at, you know, middle, far post. That's the benefit you get. I think it's also part of the reason why we've seen Matoma pop up with a lot of those headers in the past as well it's not exactly this giant man but when you're you're trying to mark evan ferguson which you should be doing you, you've got a free runner at the back post and you get the leap on um yeah it's uh it was a per that that, that perfect time to score as you say sort of just before half time, put some pressure on them um and then i don't think any of us really expected what was going to occur in the second half but um you know back to the lampty one very quick if i agree with mikey in the chat here you know, Tarek was rushed back to starting, and but what else are you going to do? I think this is the one part where we can be aggrieved with the club a little bit. The one misstep that we've seen with with transfers. I, th- I feel like everyone in the fan base was screaming from the top of the top of the roof, like, "Come on, we don't have proper cover at right or left back." You could argue maybe right back, but left back is just if Estupinio goes down, we're screwed. Well, Estupinio went down, we're screwed. Um, and not just that, but that's that's two coming back from injury. Estupinian brought back from injury, tweaks again. Tarot Lamptey brought back early from injury, tweaks again. Doesn't, we don't have a choice because you've seen what happens. You put Hinshelwood in at left-back because you don't have any other players. That's not only unfair on the team, that's unfair on him because suddenly he's going to lose confidence because you're playing this guy He doesn't want to play left-back. Um, so it's tricky, and now suddenly you're starting to think, well, we've we got all these guys out for a little period of time. I mean, what 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 does the back line look like? I I don't.
0: <laughs> but you can't even play three now, can you? Because all the centre backs hurt as well.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you could maybe play Van Hecker... uh, uh no, sorry, Van Hecker, Webster. Oh, Many it... if Websters can play, like.
2: I mean, the good, the good thing is is that we've got six days instead of three, right? Because Don can play on Thursday, so. Yeah. You know, there's there's a little bit of time there. I Who's hope. playing left back though? I, I, you? I shove Igor out there more than anything. Um, Where is Igor? Yeah, where's where's the hoot? Like, oh, he was red banned. Oh, he was banned. He's okay.
1: Can't come back until December ninth. Same yeah. as Dunk now.
2: I
0: think uh, <sighs> <but> Igor. <sighs> in the press conference said he, he got hurt in training this week. Yeah. So Dunk whereas Webster Webster was like night, last then. minute training, Igor sometime during the week got her ankle. I think. Right, no one, it's yeah. just hard to keep count. It really is hard to keep track. We have that many. Um,
1: Egor should be back there. That's, if you get Egor and Webster back, we can cobble together some semblance of a backline.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't believe it, but like, I genuinely thought that back three of Webster, Van Hecker and Egor looked all right uh, a week or two yeah. ago because Webster was playing with a three, which he seems massively more comfortable with. Um, and he was playing on the right side where he was covered really well by both the right side of midfield and uh, I think it was Van Hecker who was in the middle. And we'll talk a lot about Van Hecker towards the end of this. Oh yes, yeah. I suspect. Uh, but yeah, um, halftime comes around. Uh, Adam Lallana uh, comes off after 45 minutes uh, for, for Kundo Bonanate. Both seem to be 45 uh, minute boys at this point, don't they? They seem to just be coming on and playing a half of football each. Um, Cause we saw the exact same sub the other way around a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it really picked up where we left off. We were absolutely in charge. Um, and then the penalty call. Uh, thoughts on the penalty call?
1: Neither of us want to talk about this. Um,
0: well, I can I can talk about it from my perspective in the ground, if you want.
1: Yeah, yeah, you were there. Yeah, let's do that. Hold so on, was, was... It, was it your end of the pitch or the other end?
0: Yeah, so we were they were coming at we Brighton shooting at us on the That's
1: right, that's right. Yeah.
0: We saw the penalty and then missed the other two um at the other end. Uh but yeah, so from my angle, we were diagonally on and it looked like an absolute stone wall pen. When I watched it on Match of the Day afterwards, it was incredibly soft, I thought. Um I also think the one against us was incredibly soft and very much felt like it was tit for tat evening of the evening of Yeah. Situation of calls, um, but I think if you're if you're giving both of those, I think Steve Cooper said it, and I think he's right, even though he sounded bitter beyond belief at the at the full time uh, presser. But I think he's right that if you're giving both of those calls, you're probably having to give four or five penalties a game. Um, and I think both teams were very lucky to get either of those
2: penalty shouts. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think ours is you're talking about. When the cross comes in, how likely is that guy going to be to get to that ball? I think João Pedro is obviously a lot closer to that than uh, than what uh, was it, Arigui on their side? I can't remember who it was. Sorry, but I, I think yeah, I agree with you though. I think they're both it's Chris side. Wood, Chris Wood, far right. Yeah, so. I just yeah, I do think they're both soft. I think you the more you watch it, the more <laughs> the more you sort of get to that conclusion. Um but like you said, if you if you give the first, you have to give the second. So um you sort of, you know, we can talk about the refs, we'll try not to, but if you give the first, you have to give the second. You've you've set a precedent and you have to follow it. Um it's yeah, sort of ref yourself into a hole there. Um but but yeah, they've they've evened out.
1: Yeah, that's what happens when you over rely on wood in a forest um but yeah I sorry really bad uh I, I they were both soft i still haven't seen a good angle of the 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 one that Forrest got uh given i still never saw one where it's like it looked like he fell over maybe he was tripped but still never saw a particularly good version of that um it's it's whatever we take it i think it's let's show petro's Got that Brazilian Brazilian flair. He knows how to go down under a challenge with a, with with aplomb and finesse, um, and that's okay. That's kind, that's how football is. Um, I, I will add one thing, just stat wise, um, because we had our sort of first yellow card at the end, fifty four minutes in the game. Um, so first half, not a single card shown for anything, and then um, we uh, eight cards in the second half. The game just started to turn fully filthy uh, in that second half.
0: Yeah. Um, and there was a number of challenges in that first half that I sh- thought should have been bookings, by the way, for both sides. There was a couple of like hard tackles going in that were really quite poor and there was nothing given for any of them. So when you started seeing some of the fouls that were being given out to to some of the players, I was absolutely shocked that now they were they were bookable situations.
1: How did Mario not get carded on the Jao-Pedro thing? I don't understand Uh, it.
0: I mean, how did VAR not even like, it's a red really like the step, like I don't understand either. It's baffling to me.
1: Well, Um, I've got a very, um, a very super objective opinion. Someone messaged me on Twitter saying it was barely anything. Pedro was doing all he could to get sent off. It was right in front of me. Forest fan. Um, but, Sure. I mean, maybe he was, but I still, I mean, I w- we watched it on the cameras over and over again. He pushed him over and then his foot went down his back. Like you, you, nothing for that. You can just, you can just do that. But uh, you mentioned VAR, so this is your fault, but just on that penalty piece, I think if, if Taylor hadn't signaled to the spot for our penalty, um, I don't think it would have been given. Like if he didn't mm-hmm. give it, VAR wouldn't have overturned it for me.
0: Which is which is what makes it more surprising that he didn't give the second, but VAR did overturn it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like that to me is where we get into like very dodgy territory of this like clear and obvious stuff that Good process, really guys. just yeah. makes it seem like they are just dictating a game for the sake of dictating what result they were hoping to find just for the banner, really, or entertainment's sake. Um So, goal goes in. Happy days. We continue to play really well, frankly. Um, I don't think there's really a point in in that game where we're looking like we're not going to go ahead and continue to cause some problems. Uh, Hitting them on a break pretty well. They made a couple of subs, uh, but nothing too wild. Um, And then comes uh, the moment of madness early on in the 73rd minute, I think it is, uh, where he goes down, whoever it is that went down, uh, to win the penalty. Had a great counter-attack. Uh, where I thought we were going to score I really Hudson Adoy Hudson Adoy goes down uh Hinshelwood, um breaks and I I really thought he was going to score or at least tap it in for someone else to score comes very close uh, and then the game is blown dead for VAR to come in I've not seen a referee stand at a monitor for, for as long as this one and I thought for the first time ever we might actually see them show some initiative and like brains of their own instead of just doing the theatrical piece. Um, But I guess he really like wanted to fit the bill, right? Like we have a lot of drama going on. So let's, let's add to it. Uh, And he ends up giving the penalty. And from then on, absolute shit show. Uh, Dunk is shown a red card after a yellow card. He's shown a straight red after 10 seconds. Um, And, from what we can gather, uh, it's for verbally abusing a referee. Um, straight red card. First time in 12 years since Lee Catamore had that happen to him. Um, now, we saw Bruno Fernandes uh, shove a linesman and verbally berate him and not get anything like the same kind of punishment. Uh, we've seen several players grab referees and pull them around to talk to them uh, and just get a yellow card for it um conspiracy theory time uh Deserbi got off quite lightly from the FA for his comments about 80% of referees being disliked this just feels to me like it's just making a point isn't it because if this is if this is not the case and we talk about precedent we're going to be seeing a lot of red cards in the coming weeks are we not
1: <sighs> ah yeah we don't know what he we don't we don't know what he said i've heard rumors online that he called him like a bald idiot or something which <laughs> is i don't know it's humorous but uh <laughs> he clearly he's clearly said something very bad like because he already got one you got the yellow right and that's okay all said and done what what is he said walking away i don't understand like how heinous was it um because I'll, I'll try and you know get away from the Brighton fandom for a second. I'm all for referees being more strict with the verbal abuse that happens and abuse where they're ganged up and they're, as you say like pushed and there's this swarm of players surrounding them and they get this you know told to f off and all this stuff and the players just kind of get away with it. I, I don't like that. Like, I think there should be more respect to the referees. There's a problem there and I think we see that in some of the decisions that get made and, and how they don't have the right level of authority. Having said that, I hate how this went down. Like, yes, I think Dunk deserved him, uh, deserved a yellow card for what he did at the start. Cause he did, he put his arm out, he kind of got in his face. You can't do that. The red, a straight red for saying something, like you must have to say something pretty like like Zidane World Cup final or whatever esque headbutt situation to 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 have deserved that. Like I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. It just seems silly. Maybe there's something to this Derby part, but this is a ref that well, Anthony Taylor was demoted, wasn't he? Not that long ago, because he's so crap.
0: Went, champ- went to the championship game and made a call so bad, it basically like dictated the entire result of the game and then immediately came back into the Man City Arsenal game or whatever it was two weeks ago. That was his next game back straight after... Putting in one of the worst championship level ref performances that championship fans have ever seen, to the point that like neutral fans were talking about it, and they were like, "How is this guy a prem referee? Like, what the hell are we watching?" Blah 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 blah. Like it was that bad. It was a cov game, Coventry and someone, but it was it was so monumentally bad that it was like a big talking point amongst championship fans. Literally
1: sent to Coventry. Yeah, I... <laughs> but it's uh, Mikey saying in the chat that apparently. You know, someone he said <laughs> he called him a, a a bellend, which to me bellend is like a low tier insult. Like bellend is maybe not even yellow card worthy. Um, Like if you're gonna if you're gonna throw out some more outrageous stuff, maybe you can start to get into yellow card. Like red card territory for me is like you are talking about mothers uh, and, and things that's like a, that. Yeah, as a personal threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bellend, I think it's just talking to, isn't it? Call him a bell yeah, back.
0: Yeah. There's no doubt. We're coming towards slurs, the C word, or like threats. Like they're your three to me, like they're a red card worthy. Like they're the three, like, and I think they're quite easy to define.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> I think about a yeah. on a more serious matter, think about the racism that's been, that's been obviously happening in various leagues and, and players like are clearly seen to say racist remarks and they don't get sent straight reds. Like, and he calls him a bet if it's true. He calls him a bellend to get sent off. Come on!
2: I said you start talking about that consistency factor again, don't you? Is is like why is that a red card when we've seen so many others that are not? And and you start going, okay, if this is the line, and I think I agree with you, Adam. Right, the the respect to the refs kind of has to be there, right? You, you can't surround the ref. You can't say certain things like the C word or slurs or anything like that. And I said, absolute no, no. Right. Um, but if that respect has to be there, then the consistency has to be there. You have to set a very clear rule as to what this is and what this isn't. Um, so for, for him to be sent off for that means that you're probably sending off one or two people a game at this point. And you come back to the whole penalty talk that we just talked about. It's yeah, like, well, if you're, if you're setting that yardstick, then abide by the yardstick. Instead, they just bring a different one every game and are, are able to just, you know, dictate some of these games, you know, purposefully or or by accident. They're still influencing these games in a way that they should not be influenced. Um, so, and, and that's the issue, right? Is it silly of Dunk? Sure. But it, is it also absolutely ridiculous that, that he got a straight red 10 seconds after a yellow card for descent or or anything like that? Also, yes. It just seems so strange to me that those are two different accounts. Um,
1: but whatever. <laughs> you can, you it, can it's another shame you know. that Anthony Taylor's got some like there must be he hit a nerve or something. Like Anthony Taylor must have been bullied at school and he like, <laughs> was called like, oh come on, Mr. Bellend or something. And now it's like he's like, you got that's for me, that's it. You can't call me that. But do they, does Stockley Park have to review it? Do they have to review his sending off? Because straight red, right? I, I think they always review those. We can, I mean, we can appeal
0: it, right? Like, we're going to have to be able to appeal it. Um, does that mean a
1: bunch of men have like, sat around being like, well, what did you call Belling? Red for that? Because of second yellow, maybe? Like, Did they have to chat about it?
0: I think they've got to, really. They've got to at least consider it, right? Like, it's when someone signs one of those petitions enough to get it brought to the House of Commons that like, they have to entertain it by by technicality um yeah Luton Town Luton Town were fined less than their top three players weekly wage put together for homophobic chanting uh on the same week that Lewis Stunt gets a three-game ban and a red card for saying the word bellend um
1: if that is the word that you said we don't we don't know this we're speculating
0: well the two the two that seem to be the absolute consensus and there's been a couple of like lip reader Twitter accounts that are like not Brighton affiliate or even football affiliated that are like one of those ones that jump in for like lip reading accounts across sports and whatever else, live events and stuff. And the the consensus is either effing Bellend or bold prick. One of the two. Well, you can't be bold Bellend. So, well, no, I suppose, I mean, by but, law. That's cause if he doubles like, down be... on an
1: insult, cause then you get into slur territory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's quite a imag- It's quite imaginative if he calls him a bold end though. Um, <laughs> Yeah, red card. Uh, Evan Ferguson also showing a yellow in that uh, in that melee post goal. Um, not really sure how Evan managed to pick up a yellow card there um, because Niakate, I think it is. He got just one as well. Absolutely bulldozes him though, and somehow Evan is also picking up a yellow. It's like kids that get like told off at school for being bullied um, yeah, yeah. because Evan just got absolutely like poleaxed at like when he was trying to grab the ball from the net. Um, and yeah, so at this point, 3-2 up, uh, we ring the changes. Ferguson off, Gilmore off. Carlos Baleba on. Pretty sensible substitution in, in pretty much every aspect, right? Uh, and the lesser spotted, Jakob Moda, makes his return to Brighton O'Balby in football. I'm sure this is exactly how he envisioned it.
2: <laughs> we're, we're batting down the hatches 20 minutes, yeah yeah but it's huge news though like as what is that like 18 19 months out like for for him to be in and around the squad if he gets up to the level that we saw pre-injury then it's it's another great addition in the middle of the park isn't it
1: uh yeah i it's we, we had to bring on the beef really didn't we it was just bring on the bring on the crunching tackles uh, but as you say, yeah, not ideal scenario for, for Moda to come back in. By the way, this is a small side note. Do I not remember maybe for Poland, Jakub Moda played left back uh, a couple of times? Uh, not, not that you want to bring a guy that's come back from sort of potentially career-ending surgery and lob him in at left back. Um,
0: Didn't you play uh, left wing back in Paz's system? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Where everybody play wing back for a set amount of time. It's like a hazing ritual.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. everyone's got to work on the shop floor before they go into management. Yeah, uh, Maybe. But anyway, side note, it's, uh, it was, a, that was a painful, painful last, what, 20 plus minutes? And of course, yeah, why not 10 minutes of added time? That's because you sat looking at a bloody screen for all that time, idiot. Um, Yeah, it was just, it was brutal. I was completely convinced that not only would we concede the equaliser, that, that Forrest would probably go on and win the game. I, I'm absolutely shocked in a very pleasant way that we were able to keep him out. And, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but that Verbruggen save as well was just a big, big couple of weeks for him. He's the starting keeper for the Netherlands now. Um, this maybe feels like, a. am sure he'll switch it up as soon as I've said this, but it feels like maybe, is this Verbruggen's job now to lose?
0: Steele doesn't save that. I said it in the chat last yesterday and I stand by it. Steele doesn't make that save yesterday, in my opinion. And I think when you get to that point, where you can make that distinction. Yeah. And everyone I've spoken to agrees. So if you've got a group of people that can all come together and go, yeah, I don't think still saves that. Even people I know that are pro steel and want him to be number one go, yeah, I still don't think he saves that. I think at that point, public consensus wise, you've probably got to consider him the guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it's probably his to lose at this point, right? It, it's sort of, we we said it was going to happen at some point over the season. Is, you know, when is when is that transition going to happen? When is Bart going to be one and still two? Because we started the season the other way around. Um, I agree. I don't think Steele gets to that. Or if he does, he doesn't get as good as a hand on it as, as maybe Bart did. Um, but a good save right at the end like you, you need everyone on form and just those 20 minutes in general, just that you just talking about 10 players that just really dug in and, and just soaked up all the pressure. And, and to, to Adam's point, we, we can't really, we haven't seen us do that in the past. We, we tend to just, um, you know, sort of mess it up at the end. Uh, so that was obviously a pleasant surprise for me too. Um, but I think all 10 of them just really dug in deep, just done everything they could and, um, even João Pedro trying to get through and, and score score one at the end as well, but he just ran out of steam. Like it's it, it's that ability and maybe that mentality that we're seeing in the chat as well, where you know we can do these things and, and we're able to nullify and, and still secure the win. It was an incredible tackle by the way to
0: stop Pedro. Cause that was right in front of oh, the, yeah. the guy who shouldn't have
1: been on the bloody pitch. Maria. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So Great tackle. Yeah. What,
0: what it was though. It really was. Cause if he didn't yeah. get that right, it's either a goal or a pen and that kills them. Like that just ruins everything for them. Um, and Stephen in the chat brings up a really interesting theory. Cause I actually totally disagree with him. Uh, he said under Potter or Hughton, would we have lost that game or we would have lost that game. And To me, I don't know about you two, but of the last three managers, if there's ever a scenario where I think we're going to go from winning to losing a game, where we're down to 10 men away from home with an injury crisis, it is absolutely under De that I expect us to collapse and lose, given our pension for conceding shortly after. Goals going in. And what just happened last week against Sheffield United with Dahoud getting sent off. And the absolute, like... Constant belief that we're going to pass that ball around and pass it around the right way. The last thing I expected to see yesterday was a dig in, pragmatic hoofball, 10 men behind the ball, break if a miracle occurs, which happened once, and just absolutely fight for your lives. And Deserby talks mentality, 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 mentality. And it seems to me like yesterday you saw a shift in his. Didn't you? Because yeah, I don't think that would have happened a couple of weeks ago. But there seems to have been a slightly more pragmatic shift in De Zerbi's mentality as much as the playoffs players, because that was not what you would expect from a De Zerbi-ran side. But it was actually exactly what we needed.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, you saw his reaction at the end of the game. Um, and you saw it up front. I would love to get your perspective on this because he, he ran over to the away fans, right, at the end. And it was uh, it felt fairly raucous from from our standpoint. But what, what did it feel like there, just as a little tangent?
0: I, like, I've never been in a crowd at full time at once, Walsall, when we won the league. When we won the league and we all went on the pitch on Walsall, that's the closest to celebration. That's the level of celebration I've ever been at. Now, obviously, I've missed a lot. Of the very good ones uh, in recent years that we've all not been available able to attend, um, but in terms of just regular old weekly football game uh, that didn't really mean anything other than a standard three one or zero points, I've never seen a celebration like that. We would just go absolutely mental, and I've had a couple of seen a couple of comments of the players emulate or the players match the the mood and the style of the manager in regards to dunk getting the red in which case the crowd do too and it just matched to energy like crazy like i've never seen anything like it like players were throwing their shirts into the crowd we just we only won 3-2 at forest guys and we're throwing shirts into the crowd joel vuckman's yeeting his gps into the people in the crowd mm-hmm. like we've got like Deserbi absolutely losing his shit no no shaking hands he's too busy sprinting full belt onto the pitch you've got pedro doing his best basuma dance like by the goalpost. like they're absolutely losing their minds like mentality is mentality 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 like whatever happened yesterday was special, I think for Deserby because he's talked about mentality and growing to that next level a lot. And I think in his mind, this was it. And he talks about in that interview, he had a couple of weeks ago, months ago where he talked about uh, Shakhtar, Sassuolo and Brighton and what they match. And I think Shakhtar was the closest to his like perfect philosophy of football. And Sasuolo was like his perfect mood or whatever it was, but like Brighton's style and the way he's got us playing is his soul. And like, I think that was it yesterday. Like, that was everything that he could have wanted to see.
1: Uh, the, he, I think he's come out. And by the way, that was quite. I quite like that. You got to clip that the uh, the, the soul. <laughs> he this was a. He, he's basically said, look, we've got all these injuries. And this was a monumental win. It's the other thing, right here, is if you don't win this game, you play two months of Premier League football without a win. Um, if, you, if you didn't win here. Uh, and that's, that's fairly problematic because I think he's not only has he overcome this injury crisis for this game, you've, you've managed to do it with 10 men and you've got your first three pointer in two months. And that's just like, what else do you want as a manager in in you know mid season? Like that's every, like overcoming every crisis, getting out of this funk that you're in, and you hope now you can take some of this momentum with a ragtag bunch of patched up lads that we have left, um to to kind of go into this weird period of football that we're about to hit.
2: Yeah, it's worth celebrating, right? I think, like you said, like we haven't won in the league for a, a while. You know, you you spent What is effectively 30 minutes with 10 men trying to shut them out um, and you do it successfully. And to Josh, Josh said it as well to a very undeserving like sort of band down the hatches, preserve the win. Let's just hang on to this. Um, It's good. It's worth celebrating. Right. And it's just um, a really good win and something that we really needed when we come up into this period of what eight games in a month right so it's it's gonna be tough and and the the amount of points that we can put on the board right now the the better uh so it, it's yeah it's such a good result um I was also convinced that we were gonna mess that up in some way so um I, I was very glad to be proven wrong at the end
0: yeah it uh and let's talk about players now um and I think we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about João Pedro and Pascal Gross who already have a little bit um when Dunk was sent off, uh, it was a very young football team that was on that pitch. We'd already gotten Lalana off, obviously. Uh, Veltman was on the pitch as well. But outside of that, there was really no major like senior member players at this point because they're all like dead. Like, so you needed people to step up. Um, and I think it's a really popular NFL phrase. Uh, Jamal Williams loves it. Uh, I think young Paul Van Hecker proved he's got that dog in him yesterday uh, because that boy... I've never seen, it. like, he just gave everything in that last 70. Like, from 70 minutes onwards, he took a hold of that back seven <laughs> and by the, by the scruff of their necks, and it felt like he almost single-handedly dragged that team through such a difficult period. And this was a player that last summer we all talked about as a keep or sell. Like, it wasn't even that long ago. No, like he he and we talked about it, he can make the next step, but he's inconsistent. Is it worth it? We've got such good depth at center back, we've just signed ego, blah, 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 blah. To me, like this is it. Like this solidified it. Like Van Hecker is one of those guys. Like, he is one of those guys, like that you can absolutely feel confident in going forward. And I can only imagine what that has done for his entire well being physically and mentally. Like, I feel like that could be a big moment in his career as well because it was huge from Van Hecker yesterday.
1: Uh, yeah, look, I think all you need to take away from this is if if we ever write off a player um, b- between Van Hecker and Solly March, i put a lot of money on them to start, you know, getting in player of the season because that, that, that's what you need. Maybe they listen. This this is what I tell myself. Maybe they listen to Spurs the up uh, a few idiots saying they're not, not doing well enough when they suddenly go, I'll tell you what, I'm going to prove myself here. But no, he's been outstanding. He's been absolutely outstanding. And um, I think if you didn't have that, think about the position you'd be in with uh, as you say, with all these injuries, we know that Igor's not fully bedded in quite yet and deserve his opinion perhaps. Webster's been crap. So watch, by the way, watch Webster come back and have an incredible second half of the season. Um, but you'd be a really, really sticky spot. And he's, he's really, really come into his own and suddenly he starts to look like a a really foundational piece of this team. Um, and and that little Dutch link up with Verbruggen behind him. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a massive positive. He was, it's weird, right? Because it was a game where we had to put this store defensive back line in place. Um, Van Hecker didn't make a tackle. Uh, he didn't tackle anyone. He didn't intercept anyone. Um, but he made six clearances. His pass accuracy was nuts. Um, I think he played a bunch of long balls, and every single one was perfect. Um, he was almost
0: scored yesterday too, right in front of us. That
1: header at the corner, yeah, right, where it was he a was good almost,
0: He was almost horizontal over the Torres player's back. Yeah. Good header.
1: Yeah, no, he was. it uh, was one of those like put everything on the line kind of performances. It wasn't clean. It or anything like it, it was just he's going to do everything to make sure that we get those three points. So that's that's massive. Yeah, his
2: quality, isn't it? Just like you said, just over the course of like the last few months, right? Just having him in the squad, having him next to Dunk, having him next to whoever, you start to see that. And then that level of consistency come through. We've always said that Webster has that issue, right? When he's out, he comes back, he's a little bit rusty. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's out again or, or you've had to rotate because of the level of games that you're playing. So a level of consistent performances from him and and being able to play regularly because of the injuries that we've had has probably actually helped him in a way um so quality and like like josh said just guided this team into you know this this three points and Again, he's one of those players that you want to see on that team sheet now, right? Like, imagine saying that, what, three, four months ago, even just, you know, before the season even started. Like, it was very much, is he even going to sign a new contract? Is he even going to be here? Now it's like, I want him next to dunk. That's what I actively want to have as our centre-back pairing. Um, it's, just, it's just crazy how a, a couple of months can change your perspective.
0: I was really impressed by the way he... It felt like he was the one of the three that led the back three. When it was him, Igor and Webster... It felt like it was very much him that led that back three. Igor felt like he was just absolutely loving life, being able to link up with Mitoma as the main form of his play. Uh, and to be honest, if I'm anywhere on the pitch and I get to link up with Mitoma as my primary outlet, I'm probably going to enjoy my day as well. Um, but it felt like Van Hecker was the one holding that three together then. But it's against Sheffield United and, they you know, I mean, frankly, they're a very poor football team, and if it wasn't down to ten men, we would have comfortably won that game. We'd have probably scored another before the end and it would have just been a boring two nil performance. Um and Van Hecker has just come out of nowhere this week to just that's his that's his canon event. That's that's the thing. Like he's just unbelievable. Um anyone else you want to talk about? Uh, before we get to man of the match. Um anyone else you want to talk about? Good, bad, ugly, anything in between?
1: Well, I do want to just talk in general about that. I mentioned that sort of Dutch link-up, the little trio that we have. Uh, Because I thought Veltman was also outstanding yesterday. Um, um, Verbruggen, it couldn't do anything about the first goal. The other one's a penalty. Well, you already talked about that save. I think Forrest ended it with an XG of about 1.94, something like that, higher than ours. I thought Verbruggen was very, very good. I thought Veltman was very very good. I thought Van Hecker was very good. I don't think that's an accident. I don't like this even just the baseline level of communication and and link up between players that, that that obviously can maybe be a little bit more comfortable. They've probably been raised in a style of play that, that has its own unique flavor to it. Um, I love that we have that. I love that we have these kind of little link ups and we've talked about this endlessly when it comes to buying players from Latin America as well and having something that connects these, these, these players a little bit more just beyond the, the standard. Um, i I really i really enjoy that we've got those players like forming that that part of the back line none of them are my man and match but that's all right
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have these what i I dare say clicks do you know what i mean just like little these little groups of uh of individuals um like you said on, on a human level i'm sure it helps them outside of football um that allows them to play better in football uh do I, I don't, I want to touch on it very quickly, but I, Lamptey, I just, you know, we, we made a, a very, a very brazen joke at the time that we, we managed to get half an hour out of him, but it it is, it isn't worth it anymore, is it? Um, Just, I think, being able to play him, and I know he had that very long, sort of very big injury, and he, he's coming back, and I don't know whether we're rushing him, or whether he's just, you know, having far too many injury issues that we require as sort of back backup or any sort of right back or left back um it's obviously a shame to see it happen again um is it happening more often than it should absolutely um we should have got full back coverage in at the summer adam you already said it but it, the reliance on lampty being a consistent backup is probably been and gone right
0: well he has a deal now until 2025 do you extend it or do you look to sell this summer with a year left
1: why they tried to sell him before he nearly went well it sounds
0: sounds like he to go and we didn't want him to go we're the ones that held him on no it sounded probably
1: we probably kept him because we've got no one else to play that position um uh uh, you know i think if if you i think we're going to backfill the position i think he's gone
0: Um, i think he has to be i agree with you craig um, let's talk about injury table real quick before we get to the, the man of the match and the, let's end on positive notes. Let's let's hit the shit show.
1: No, I feel bad for Lamptey because his highs are so high. I don't want to just leave yeah, it on that. He's, he's, he seems like a wonderful human, wonderful football player, but you do get those players that are just unfortunate, like victims of, of, of endless injuries. And we've seen careers cut short drastically because of that. And it's, God, we've had... We don't have to go far back in Brighton history to talk about multiple players that have had their careers cut short through through medical conditions. I feel really bad for him, and I hope he can piece it together. But it's it's tough to be able to rely on that, on him for anything beyond the yeah. odd few minutes here and there.
2: Nothing, yeah, nothing against the player and how good he is when he is good. Um, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate. And, and when you talk about a football team and a squad, you know, you need to have these sort of, we're talking about rotations, we're talking about how defunct this team is due, due to this injury table this hospital wing that we have, right? If someone is a, a, consistent, <laughs> a consistent patient, then it, it, you, you start to have those conversations. And it's unfortunate, great human being, great player when he's playing, um, he just doesn't play as much.
1: But he, by the way, back to what was it week uh, early, early in the season, he was one of the best players, one of the best fullbacks in the league for a few uh, a few weeks. Unbelievable, was he? Yeah, He was it was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, such a shame.
0: It is tough, um, and like you say, like, like I can think of Loire Loa and Iskieda off the top of my head in terms of similar players. We're not talking about your um, your heart conditions and stuff. Wepu and, this is and so, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the guys that are just incredibly explosive, and their hamstrings can't keep up with their legs. <laughs> um, and and Izquierdo and, and Luol Ohu are two of those players that really suffered from that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and it looks—I mean, he's 23 now. This this whole injury situation started three years three years ago. He started running into these injuries. It's not it's not just going to go away unless he adapt, like totally changes the way he plays. And I don't think that's possible given. The style he plays. I just don't think it's something he can do. Um, Mikey in the chat, I think we rely on uh, injury prone players too much. Lalana, Milner, Welbeck, Lampty, Webster, and now Dunk isn't having the best of seasons. I'll count you on that because I agree with you, RE Lampty. Uh, Lalana, Milner, and Welbeck, I think, aren't just in here to play regular football. All of these have been signed as locker room presences. And I think it goes, well, it's absolutely confirmed that Lalana is going to be a coach at this club as soon as he hangs up his boots. And I have a very strong suspicion that Milner was (laughs) recruited with the same idea behind it, uh, just at a higher level with European football now. Um, Welbecker seems to be an unbelievable presence. Everybody talks about how good of a mentality player he is. Um, I think those three, albeit all injury prone. Uh, To be honest, I think they're all brought in there. And I think that the club consider it a worthy trade-off, knowing what that's, what that situation is with what they're looking long-term for with those three. Lamptey and Webster. For me, I would, I would happily get rid of Webster in January if we're going to bring in reinforcements. Um, And for Lamptey, like you say, like if January or the summer come around and we are making sign-ins, he would be one of the first ones out as well. Just, in terms of the the susceptibility for injury, um, so
1: says, well, I, I just I want to add one thing: it, like, if these players aren't injury prone, like, we never sign Welbeck, we never sign Lallana because Lallana ends up continuing yeah, at Liverpool. High, that's just this is the nature of the beast. Like you, you don't get the finished product. Um, it's the reason why Forest is like the you know, a, a care home for sort of rejects from the top side. So do they have, like Hudson, Doi, uh, they had Origi, like who else have they got in their team? Elanga. Elanga like, oh, is another Wood. one. That Chris Wood. You know, do you think they play for them if they're like, that they're, they're, they're all good to go? I know they're not injury sufferers, but you, know, you don't make it at the tippy top. Like you, Chelsea don't get rid of Lampty if they think he's going to be a, a good fullback for the next 10 years, you know? Um, Or having said that, you know, Chelsea have been infamously offload. World-class player. (laughs) Kevin De Bruyne, Salah, perfect. Get rid of him, pay him. Useless. Useless footballers. Yeah, yeah, they're not very good. (laughs) Uh,
0: Injury table then. Esther Pinion, Welbeck, March and CISO, uh, all of those uh, okay, let's talk about long-term injuries that have been considered anywhere, like just long-term by uh, Deserby. Estepinion, Welbeck, March and CISO and uh, Milner are all mm-hmm. out long-term. Unknowns, Fatty, Lampy, Igor, Webster. Um, and then the one that's in the middle where we don't know what's going to be happening with them is midtimer um, and then, of course, we've lost Hud for two more games in the Premier League, and don't the three? No,
1: they come back on the ninth, both of them, because I think he do. yeah. So uh, at the moment, maybe they they re-review Bell Gate and they add another one on. But I, I feel like we should appeal that and have that drop down to two yellow cards or other straight red. But I did, by the way, breaking news: I I did get some critical evidence um, sent to me with and it does it does look like it does look like Anthony Taylor says Bellend. It really does. So uh yeah, maybe that puts that to bed, perhaps. <laughs> but I didn't mean to cut off the injury thing, but that felt like probably the most important point of the podcast.
0: I think it probably is to be honest. Um so obviously with all of that being said N and I looking ahead to our next month of football games, um things do not get any easier for Brighton and Ovalbion. Um, this is what it looks like from now till the end of the year. Uh, we've got Athens, Chelsea, Brentford, Burnley, Marseille, Arsenal, Palace, Tottenham, and no, not West Ham, 2nd of January. So we've got one, two, three, what did you say, nine games before the end of the year? I think you said 10, something like that. One game every three days. Uh, is it safe to say that Duncan hey. De are absolutely starting on Thursday? You've got to, haven't you? You've got to start Duncan De Run do them, want, run them you, to into the
1: ground. Do you want to hood away at Athens? I don't know when if he I can't do.
0: play any of the
1: game. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I guess you sort of have to, but I want a bit more metal in that midfield.
2: Uh, him and Belabour, I think, is solid. I, I don't know if you can count on Belabour just yet, but it would be Gilmore or Belaber for me, alongside the hood, gives you that nice little physical presence and a little bit of silk. Um, but I, I think I agree. You, those players cannot play in the Premier League. You've got games every three days. You know, coming out the wazoo. Like they, they, have to be in contention for those European games if they're the only ones they can play.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's annoying. We can't, can't really afford to just give any of these. It's not like we've got a random, like, cup game that we don't care about. We, we, we have to perform in every one of these games, unless. What happens if we get three points in in the Europa League against Athens? What happens then? We're no, you much, still want to go through first. You want points you against want Marseille, to go don't you? First, yeah,
2: but you're you're pretty much through to the next round. But you want to finish first. That Marseille game is still important.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the th- the only thankful piece here is you've got you don't have to travel far after Athens um, for a while, right? Because you play away at Chelsea. um which obviously is not very far home Brentford home Burnley home Marseille and away at Arsenal away at Palace home Spurs then away at West Ham you're not going you can not out do on Southern M25, Rail M25, yeah you know <laughs> well that's a, that's a
0: bit of a bold statement you'll miss a couple I but... would <laughs> I would just Southern Rail with
1: half of them in fact it goes on longer than that because then you go after West Ham your home Wolves away you got,
0: an, you got an FA Cup in there somewhere, which okay. now will now will inevitably be Carlisle away because you've just said this. So well done.
1: If it isn't, we don't go <laughs> north of Luton until away at Sheffield on the seventeenth of February. Think about that. It's pretty nuts.
0: I mean, it's got to help, hasn't it? Like even just marginally. Like, and at this point, small, small margins.
1: Yeah, we'll take we we'll take a zero point one percent marginal improvement. Perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, A.K. Athens. Um, their recent form in the league has been excellent. Their recent form in the Europa league, shocking. Uh, the wheels have fallen off somewhat, uh, in their, in their campaign recently. Um, uh, they are, what they've beaten, uh, their last two games in the league. They've won three nil and one nil today. Um, but they have lost to Marseille. Um, they have, well, twice actually back to back. Um, and then they drew at home to Ajax, uh, In fact, they haven't won since they played us, I don't think. Um, Are we saying that this is one that we should expect to win this time around? Uh, Away at Athens, knowing what happened at home? um, We now sat on seven points, two wins, one draw, one loss. They're sat on four points, one win against us, one draw, two losses. Do you think it's fair to say that this is one we should go in to expect to win? Or are we thinking backs against the wall, injury crisis out the arse, let's just try and grind out any kind of result here.
2: But my, my only fear is they use head to head instead of goal difference. So like, if you, yeah, do, how does it work? If you do get a draw against and right. we finish on the same points, then they will finish above us. So that's my, that's my only concern here is like, if you do go down and go, right, let's get a draw here. And we end up on the same points. We are going to end up below them. Um, we need to finish above Marseille if we don't get this. So you draw against Athens, you win against Marseille, and just hope that Marseille don't get anything from Ajax or don't get three points. It this it's a very tight group, right? And, and I think there's <laughs> there's so so many different permutations here, especially with the head-to-head stuff. Is that Marseille are clear about like Athens after two wins, right? So like they, they don't have to worry about that at all. Um, it, we should be going there and beating them anyway, right? And you know even with a half depleted squad. If you have Duncan Van Hecker in there, if you have the hood and Belaber in the middle, you have Pedro and Ferguson playing, right? That, that is a team that's capable of winning.
1: I've, I've gone to try and look up how it works and it's absolutely far too confusing
2: because there's, there's (laughs) there's 11
1: bullet points. If you finish level on points in the Europa League group stage, because you're sorted by your head to head record with 11 different points of criteria. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to try and figure that out. Someone will say how it works on television, but you you know that Marseille aren't going to drop points at home to IX. Okay, so they're they're going to they're going <laughs> to they're going to move to 11 points. Uh, it, it gets really horrendous if we if we don't beat Athens. But it gets nervy, doesn't it? Because it would all come down to that last game in that condensed fixture list, where you, who knows who you're going to have left to play. Hinchwood's in goal, like, I don't know what's going on. So you you have to hope, but then, okay, how about this? Would you, this is stupid, would you rather win at Athens or win at Chelsea th- th- less than three days later? Athens. Yeah, yeah Athens, all day.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. It
0: guarantees us Europa League qualification for me. Like, that's the key. Like, I don't mind going down into the Conference League, but we've made it this far now. And we've came back in such spectacular fashion from the start, from that first game defeat. And we have arguably two very winnable games in the Europa League. Yeah, I want to win those, for sure. Especially with, I was going to say no disrespect, but full disrespect, with Burnley coming to visit shortly afterwards and Brentford <laughs> as well. Like, I, like, yeah, I absolutely expect us to beat Burnley. No doubt about that. They're poor. And I want us to, you know, I don't mind if we take, lose points to Chelsea. Well,
1: I do, because I'll be there. I'll be pissed off to lose if we're
0: there. But yeah, I, Athens every day.
1: Let's get okay. through. Burnley have annoyed me in a massive way after their collapse against West Ham yesterday. Because we'd have that would have helped us greatly if they didn't absolutely wet the bed there. We're
0: going way, We're going into like proper like weeds territory here until we end up eventually just wrapping the show. But Burnley fans generally That's seen the consensus designed. Absolutely, the consensus is company out.
1: Mental, or do you agree? Uh, it's mental. I have a bit, a, They're I on go. four points, minus twenty-two goal difference.
0: So I guess mean? what you're saying, what you're saying is Adam, is the credit that their manager gets for totally overhauling your club and get a new promoter to uh, play in superb football is three months. That's the amount of credit he
1: gets Oh, yeah. before he runs I, out in his fight. Uh, I think he has he shown absolutely no ability to adapt to the Premier League and changed his team from a championship-winning side to a, a Premier League survival team. Because as it currently stands, they are significantly worse than Luton. Um, like That's that. They've conceded 11 more goals than Luton. Like, what are you doing? I don't get now. Now picture this. Imagine his name's not Vincent Company. Okay, it's um, Graham Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Just some British guy that doesn't have much of a managerial track record. Amazing performance in the gym. We've seen this time and time again. Where you know you you lose you lose your you lose your job if you haven't been able to adapt because their investment has to look at this and go, can is this the guy to rally? The second half of the season after January, and and bring us up the table. There's no signs of that, right?
2: Oh, I see it from both sides. I it's, it's a, you know, if if your if your main aim here is not to change the philosophy and perspective of your club, and you want to do this sort of possession based football that Josh rightly called out was never going to work in the Premier League just because of the chasm between the Championship and the Premier League anyway, um, then you stick with it. You 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 stick with that philosophy change and you you take the bumps along with it. There's no way that they thought they were going to stay up playing that football. So if, if you are going to change it, then you know you're you're reverting to type, right? And you're, you're gonna go back to the the Burnley way or you're gonna try and play a different way that got you there in the first place. So it's, I don't know if it's something that they're fighting with internally, but it's if you want to stay up, you have to change the manager. But you're then Going back on everything that you've just tried to change in the last eighteen months, um, and and you end up the Burnley of five years ago, don't you?
1: Well, so what do they become instead, Norwich? Sure, that's Depends shit. They think that's what they want to do.
0: That's all anyone bot- wants to be Norwich. Heck and bottom though, definitely got to go. Any more than any other manager in that league, surely Heck and Bottom's got to be gone soon.
2: Yeah, Mine is minus minus twenty three goal difference. Yeah, <laughs> it, from thirteen games is. Impressive by the way, for these two teams. Um, well, we still couldn't beat him at home, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, well, that's the hood, isn't it? Um, and Luton are doing better, than I thought. They they beat Palace, uh, out, got a, yeah. got a couple, of, couple of wins here. The little plucky little underdog story is looking like it might work, especially if Everton also continue to wet the bed.
0: Well, let's talk about that everton ten point deduction this week. Uh, well, last week was it during because we yeah. two weeks. what what are we making of this? Do we think this will stand? Do we think it will get cut down to like a six or what are we what do we think? And I know I agree with Pep, and Pep obviously knows a lot more than me, so I probably should just agree with him. But like it is very different situations with what's going on with Chelsea and City as opposed to Everton. It was a very easy, cut and dry one situation for Everton. Seems to be literally hundreds for both of those teams, varying across FFP to transfer deals to all sorts of dodgy stuff. What do you think is going to happen with Everton in the next couple of weeks as this appeal goes on and all this sort of stuff? And what what do you genuinely think this could mean for City and Chelsea? Are we in a situation where we could genuinely be looking at a Juventus in Serie B situation with either of these two sides? Or oh, that'd be great. do you think, do you think that the final like hair of integrity is plucked out, like when they just get a slap on the wrist and no points fines at all?
1: I, I don't know. We'll talk, let's talk about the Everton. And by the way, just to resent like resounding how bad Burnley are. How are you still below a team that's crap and then got a ten point deduction? Uh, that's <laughs> absolutely historic. Uh, yeah. Uh, the everton one's weird i was listening to another podcast about this because what happens if they win an appeal because now you've created a situation where um you've changed the course of history you've di- you've diverted the the universes because you've, you've got this one position where they're already playing in the relegation zone and then you start to talk about six pointers and all this kind of silliness and suddenly they're boosted up by 10 points it's a completely different conversation that you're having especially if the appeal takes too long and they don't get it resolved by a certain point at the end of the season. Like, I, I don't know how you unravel all of that. Um, it's a really, really weird situation. Um, the The fact that they've also been punished because it's just simply a more simplistic case to resolve is sort of harsh. But at the same time, you know, don't don't commit the crime and you don't have a problem with the time. Um, the The idea that Man City and or Chelsea get drastically punished. Is honestly the stuff of dreams. Um, I would love nothing more to see them get two year transfer bans, boshed down to the different league. It would just be very funny to see Man City just find the championship, wouldn't it? Um, it's never going to happen. I just, I just do not see a scenario there where some filthy money doesn't exchange hands under a table somewhere. Um, and you know, isn't Sam Allardyce involved in this time? I just, there's just no. I just don't see it they're going to get bailed out like a big bank um yeah i've got too little faith in the right thing happening for them to get punished in a meaningful way
2: yeah nothing it, it, something will happen but it won't be representative of the charges or anything like that and it'll just show you the disparity between the six that tried to go off and create a new league with you know their own money and tried to take their ball and, and go away versus the the rest of the teams that have to abide by what seemingly is a different set of rules with a different set of consequences um so it's inevitable for me i think the everton one will probably stick i think adam you've alluded to it i think you can't go back on that um because it you you're creating too much of a a noise with the other people in the relegation zone and what it meant and the potential differences and all that nonsense and i think there'll be some sort of diminishing returns with the amount of charges that Man City and Chelsea have. And that's how they'll try and explain it away with no integrity whatsoever. And everyone will apparently be okay with it. Um, that's how I
1: see it happening. Yeah. Um, I Imagine you know, the appeal. The Imagine theory. the Man City appeal, Josh. Because Think about the people they are able to employ. We've, we already saw that. Didn't they bring in like some guy that with the, with the previous situation, he was like, yeah, the most like prestigious asshole possible when it comes to legal matters, Uh like they're they just they'll just throw money at the problem or go away.
0: It's just the Netflix Ironic. documentary of dreams, isn't it? Really, like it's just going to be such an unbelievable Netflix doc, like amazing.
1: Yeah, in ten people years, mind, when people might Netflix can't be sued. Knowing
0: knowing the amount of nation states involved and the money involved, people might just die and then it go away. To be honest, let's be fair. <laughs> just starts getting that close I may mean, Just be like, sack it off! Oh no, he's not come back out at the embassy. What a shame!
1: I, this is just—it's just a lovely little metaphor for the real world. This is what this is what happens. Yeah, the, 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 the people they're exploiting I have all the suddenly he's turned into some sort of yeah. socialist podcast, isn't it? But you know what I mean. Like, it's just <laughs> they won't get punished. The Everton's of the world will get punished, and Man other, they will be absolutely fine. Life isn't fair. Yeah. yeah, that's the big conclusion. Yeah. Take that away. But i tell you what is fair. We're eighth in the league after all this <laughs> crap that's gone down. Um, we're only one point off the the infamous Newcastle who just smashed Chelsea. Uh and what would we is this live table? Two points behind Man United. Like, okay, it could be worse. And the Posta Coglu expressed the wheels have severely dropped off of that, haven't they? So yeah, three losses on the bounce now, isn't it? It could mm. be worse. I, I, if we can get Matoma back in the next couple of games, I think that possibly galvanizes the team a little bit, um, and that would be incredibly important for that little run of games. We, I would love to have him back.
0: I think the key here as well is that yes, we had not won since September, but we drew an awful lot of them.
2: I was going to say and it was points matter. I think it was one loss in nine now, right? So you you can you can fill your glass and look at it however you want
0: wasn't that to city as well?
2: And what's yeah. the city? Yeah. say yeah. I Yeah. The one before the 10th one, I've deliberately left out because it was the sixth one to Villa, but like, it, it, they look good by the way, it's, don't it's, they bloody hell. Yeah. They it's look it's really funny good. how, it's funny how you can tell a narrative, right? But like it, it, you, you've got sort of that one loss in nine or two losses in 10, right? Um, you can, you can say we haven't won in two months, but also, you know, we haven't really lost an entire lot either. Um, so you take those Ajax games into account, which is also a boost in confidence. Um, you can, you can be positive about things. We're eighth in the table. We're a third away through the season. We're injury ravaged, but we're still in the top ten.
0: I mean, talk about spinning a positive. Only Arsenal, Liverpool and Man City have lost less than us. There you go. And that's yeah. true.
1: We'll take it. We'll take it.
0: Uh, all right. Athens Thursday. Early kickoff. Don't forget, everybody. Um, so get home from work early. If you're in the States, book that calendar out. Uh, and we will, uh, we will see you all uh, next week. Um, we'll be talking Athens. We'll be talking Chelsea. Not sure if we're going to do one or two pods. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go along. Um, and, yeah, we'll be back for for that stuff. Um, is Robin in Athens? I don't think Robin's going to Athens. Is he?
1: Mm, no. Not sure. No. All
0: right. Cool. Well, we will be back next week. Uh, have a good week, guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, cool. everyone.